Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Fader Interview. I'm Alex Robert Ross, Editorial Director of The Fader. For the first time since 2016, a Mike album didn't arrive on the first day of summer. After two lengthy tours in support of 2021's Disco, the New York rapper chose to take a break rather than stick to a rigid release schedule. When Beware of the Monkey, his latest, dropped on December 21, it marked the longest gap between official projects for him. What arrived wasn't something cold and distant. Instead, Beware of the Monkey feels more like the period after the dead of winter, when each passing day is noticeably warmer. It's a natural progression from disco, and a continued study on love, grief, and the ties that bind. Mike sounds like he's processing it all in real time, each song a snapshot of how he's doing in any given moment, channeling a mood that would be impossible to reconjure if he tried to record it the next day. That sense of urgency courses through songs like Eczema, where he sounds like he's rapping for his life. The sigh that comes at the end of his verse isn't just for show, you can feel how exhausted he is. To ring in 2023, The Fader's Brandon Calendar spoke to Mike about his New Year's resolutions, what draws him to samples, and the emphasis on intention in everything he does. Happy New Year's. I never really know like how appropriate it is to still say Happy New Year on like January 10th, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah, no, I appreciate that again. Happy New Year's. I was just thinking, it's funny you said that, because last night I was like getting out of an Uber. I like wanted to say Happy New Year's to the dude. I was like, yeah, I lucky don't know if like it's like if you appreciate it or not. So I didn't. But you, you you just saying it to me now made me feel like maybe I should have said Happy New Year's. I was wondering, like, if you had, like, set any New Year's resolutions or, you know, had, like, any specific, like, goals in mind moving into this year. Yeah, I feel like not necessarily, like, the most strongest, like, New Year's resolutions. I feel like there's certain things that I wanted to do differently coming into the new year. Like, just, like, little, like, personal, like, mental goals, like trying to, like, create more space for me to be creative and, like, happy and shit. Finding out more about myself, really, like, I'm trying to get healthier. I was, like, a, a little bit sick, like, last week. So I was like, all right, no, I'm not going to smoke no weed. And I haven't been smoking weed. So I'm like, yo, maybe I'll do this until the end of the, the end of the month, see how I feel or whatever, like, small stuff like that. So, so I'm about to go on tour and shit, too. So I'm like, yeah, I got to, like get my body and like everything back together before I go on the road for a long ass time. Not right. Like touring is like, I, I can't imagine how like exhausting it is like on the body. Once you end the, the uh, warm, like the wormhole, you kind of don't even like, like physical, like it's like, I feel like you're having like a, a, a out, of, out of body experience for like the whole time you're on tour. And then as soon as you get off, you finally get back in your body. Like, it'd be times, like, where, like, I won't even lie to you. Imagine, like, being faded for, like, 
15 days straight. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, it's crazy. And then you're doing all this crazy shit, like screaming your lungs out and shit. But I promise you, like, you wake up the next day and it's like, all right, doing it again. Like, don't, like, literally don't feel shit. The only part where it started getting bad for me is my, like, throat started hurting, though, D. Like, yeah, that's, that's why I feel like I got to chill out with the smoking. When you went on tour for disco in, like, 2021, I saw you when you came to, like, Cat's Cradle in North Carolina. And that was, like, one of your, like, first stops on that tour. How did that feel for you? Because, like, I know that you played, like, just, like, a ton of, you know, just, like, shows up in New York, just, like, on trains or, like, in random, like, New York venues and shit. But it's, like, how did, like, tour in the music feel? That shit was crazy. I, honestly, it was crazy because we've been kind of doing shows in different places and shit. Like, we did, like, the shows out in England and shit. After disco and, like, COVID had happened, everybody was stuck inside. I dropped Weight of the World. That shit was cool, but, like, shows wasn't really a thing, so I couldn't really perform anything. But I was mainly I was mainly performing shit. That's when all the colleges and, like, all those programs started doing the live stream show. So we, me and my homie Taco was just doing all of those. But... Once they opened the show shit again and we had dropped disco or whatever, I forgot what show I had played first, bruh, and niggas was singing the lyrics back to me. And I was like, yo, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> because in my head, I'm thinking like, oh, like I see it happen for other people. I'm like, yeah, like I still got a couple more years for my shit hit like that. And then to come come out of the quarantine and then like go into that shit where like, Niggas know the lyrics, like, we're doing our own tour. Like, and that's the first time I think we really did our own tour since, like, maybe, like, 2018. Like, but before that, I was mainly just, like, opening up for people and shit. But to do my own tour and, like, the response to be that, I was like, bro, what the fuck? Like, that, and I think that was part of the reason why I was like, yeah, we kind of got to celebrate every night because I don't know what the fuck is going on, bro. You know, I mean, it, it really felt like a family affair out there, you know, like Mavi like pulled out like randomly, even people like not want to sell it. It's just like you were pulling out like cruising, like Salimata and you're just like, yo, it's like, just like come out. I really appreciate that like family affair aspect because that's kind of how I just like approach all the music coming out of that, like sort of like New York sphere and just like the extended sphere. We're just like all of y'all just like building each other up, you know. I'm so grateful for them. Like I and I, I I think even that experience, like now now I'm just like hella uh, greedy now because I'm like, bruh, I want every tour to be that same exact way, bruh. Like that that tour, I be telling people like, bruh, that that shit was like an ex- a spiritual experience for me, bruh. Like being with even with like live. Liv had uh our friend Maya on tour with her, like everything felt so uh like it really felt like we was a big ass family. Like, like it, it really felt so good. And to be doing it off the basis of music, like, and I, and I think like probably why it felt so good too is because that's why I've always wanted my music experience and journey to always like resemble like family or like even with me and uh, my manager now Vince Hong, because also just my very close homie. Like, I, we always talk about like how we need to treat this shit like a mom and pop store. Like, keep it in the family and like keep it in the bedroom, like, keep it in our little room, but, you know, and do big things. Let's see how big we can make it look, you know? And I feel like at this point, you know, it's kind of gotten to, like, an interesting point. I've always kind of, like, thought of, like, your music as, like, being, like, headphones music, where it's, like, 
that that experience of like listening to your music, it's like it's like a sacred thing, you know. It's like you're like personally connecting with it. But it's like now the music is kind of at this point where you can listen to it with other people and it's still like you still have that like kind of like shared experience, you know. So that was a part of that that tour too that blew my mind as well, is like seeing that like people could actually like get lit to the music, you know what I mean? Or like we could have an experience where like people are like, fuck, like that was a crazy ass show, you know what I mean? And, and I think like it's it's just cool, like like people appreciate seeing their people like pour their hearts out, you know what I mean? And and I and I think like that's what a lot of people sleep on when they uh see like um trap like maybe more like trap music and niggas just like rapping over their songs and shit. Cause it's not about the fucking skills, it's about them like pouring their hearts out on stage and like turning up to their music. It's such a like playful it's like seeing a kid do something they love, you know what I mean? Like there's not really a much like more pure like more pure experience than that, you know what I mean? So I think I think a lot of that shit was just like a testament to that or even like I am not sure what came first, but maybe we did Atlanta and then went to Cat's Cradle. But even the Atlanta show, like it was just crazy because like so many different styles of music, so many different types of people, everybody being able to appreciate what was going on. You know what I mean? Like we had Bear One Boss playing that show, like crazy. Like Mercury was in the crowd that show. That's that's where I first met Mercury. It just shows you how big the family of music is, as much as people try and chop it like chop it up and categorize things. It's like, nah, all this is is about is like expression of something very pure you know what i mean i feel like that that's really what gives it its importance allows people to like get lost in this shit like when i be on stage i'm for 100 if i'm not like fucked up or like nervous i just begin like but mostly when i am like when i say fucked up like fucked up emotionally but like if i'm like in it like i'm in it like i really like it's really like an experience that helps me uh be loose like i be saying like it's like one of the only times i could really be myself and, like my powerful self you know is performing like freeing for you in that way yeah 100 100 i'm not trying to be corny it's, it's like for real like a spiritual experience real. like and i use it for that too like like i i like know what it is like even when i go on tour i'm like yeah like I know I'm about to be a, a tweak out for these next couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, yeah, this is my time to like be that. Like, like this is my time to be that person. And also practicing being myself. I feel like in the world, I like to uh, c- compromise with the people that I love. So like on tour, it's like somewhere I feel like I don't have to compromise. And I can like show people like my everything, you know? It's kind of cool to me that you brought up like Bear One Boss, like, coming out to the Atlanta show and like Mercury. That's one of the things I think about a lot where it's like artists kind of get sliced up and divided into scenes where it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like this guy, he'll rock with this guy or like with this artist, but probably not with this one. But it's like these boundaries are a lot more fluid than that. Even on like this new tape, you have like Baby Sosa on there, like like doing like an intro on one of the tracks. And it's not like unexpected, but it's kind of like, wait, it's like, that's who I'm hearing right now? <laughs> yeah. The reason why I appreciate that shit is because, for example, like when G Herbo and Earl Sweatshirt did that, uh, the Knucklehead song, you know what I mean? Like, like that shit blew my mind. It blew my mind because I'm like, yeah, this, this is somebody that I know niggas in my high school fuck with. And this is somebody that I personally fuck with that I'm not, maybe a lot of people know that there's finally like a connection, you know what I mean? And, and like those type of things, like, it show you too that like 
niggas be growing up in similar environments, if not the same environment. You know what I mean? Like, so like, there's not really a disconnect. You know, like, there's not really such a disconnect. I think more time where a lot of the disconnect be coming from just be from like ego and pride, or like sometimes people use conscious music or like basically music that don't got 808s or like loud drums enough to be like oh these people are blah 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 and sometimes it's the other way too niggas be like yo this nigga just rapping over a loop <laughs> but I, I feel like like my favorite type of artist is somebody that could do anything even like uh baby sosa like even when he was at the studio i realized and i think i already knew because she has music where it's not just all, like a turn up shit, but it's very like sincere music, you know, like, like, but even at the studio, I was like, yeah, like, you're like an artist, you know, like you're an artist. It's not about you being directly pulled towards one thing, but like, you're about all of it, you know what I mean? Like, and I, and I think that's the most important thing, at least for me, when I see artists is like, you're able to take all of it in, you know? If I was you, I would put my seatbelt on. See, when I'm with you, I hope you got your seatbelt on. But one of the questions I've been it's just been like on my mind a lot lately, like with this whole like cycle for you. It's like, it's like historically, you know, you've been like not like super open to press, you know, just been like, like not, I wouldn't say like press shy, but it's like not really like interested in speaking to like a ton of outlets. So I was wondering like what's like changed for you like this time. There's, there's a couple of things. Like, and I don't think much has really, really changed. I'm always like, like me and Alvin, I feel like are very particular about like, what type of uh, press we want to do. We're very like, is this the right thing or is, is this the wrong thing? You know what I mean? Like, that's not like based off of like whether it'll get us like clout or like get us more publicity or whatever. It's based on like, is this going to be like a work that conversation, you know, like, or like, like, and it has been sometimes like, oh, I'm going to do this for the bread, you know, like, like as much as we try, our best not to have to do those things. It's like the world is still the world. My landlord is still my landlord. I gotta pay rent. You know what I mean? Like, like, but as much as we can, it's like we will try and push away from the shit that we know is like it don't need to be done. You know what I mean? Or like sometimes it's it's like okay to say no, even if the number is big, or like even if it may be a good look. Like for example, like. This publication like wanted me to uh they wanted me to do an interview with an artist and I picked my homegirl, which I'm just gonna shout her out because uh Righteous Path two thousand and two, one of the best designers, one of the best artists that I know. I was like, Yeah, like I want I want gang to interview me and they like, nah, we need like a like a more known artist for you to uh do the interview with. I was just like, fuck no. I was like, bro. I was like, okay, I'm just not going to do this shit with you. <laughs> and then I, I, was, I was like, all right. Like, then I was even talking to Navin. I was like, yeah, let's find somebody else to do it. You know what I mean? Like, like, thank you for a good idea. Like, now we're going to go do it with somebody else, bro. Because I, I'm like, yo, like, that goes more than, like, me just being on your publication. It's like, 
you don't really care about like putting the people that need it on, you know what I mean? Like those things mean the most to me because down the line, like you you, you got to stand for something or you're just not going to mean shit. You know what I mean? And I, and I think like that's what has been helping us this whole time is that like besides the online shit, because people say a lot of shit online. There be niggas hating online, doing all this weird shit online. And those be the same niggas you see at the show. And what it be is, is, is none of that. You know what I mean? It's cause, and it's because, like, niggas can say whatever they want online. But if you don't have no integrity in real life and people don't know you for the good things that you do or the things that you do, like, purposely to, like, create a healthy environment, nobody's going to care. Like, it's like you just have to make shit count and, like, do it for why you feel like it's, it's the right reason. Like, and not more so, like, monetary or, like, publicity reasons. That makes sense. So I feel like even like more so now it's like the reason why I'm like, all right, yeah, now nah, let's do this or let's do this, let's do this. I'm like, yeah, because like this makes sense. And like now we have the leeway where like more people are willing to reach out. You know, it's not like just the three same whatever, whatever. It's like now we can choose from like, all right, this looks like a good idea. This looks like a good idea. This looks like a good idea. Maybe we'll do like the one money driven thing so we could have space to do all this shit that is like the right shit to do you know what I mean the whole like interviewing process it can feel like extractive you know so it's like I was just wondering it's like how have you learned to like like handle that or just like or even just like ignore it I don't know somebody told me good advice my homie from England Malcolm told me some good advice it's like bro like somebody's interviewing you just give like make the answers worth it. Even if they ask you like bad questions, <laughs> like just make the answer. He's like, just make the answers worth it. And then it just made me realize that like you could have control over like what you want this thing to be. Like I can be selfish and like be like, oh, millions of people already asked me this question, blah blah. But then at the same time, you could ask me a simple question and I could just blow your mind right now. And like it's like the gift of sharing ideas and like sharing knowledge and shit, you know? Because I I definitely know what you mean about the shit feeling extracted. And you can also tell when people care and people don't care. That 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 was, that was like my main struggle with interviews is talking to people that don't care. Cause I'm like, bruh, if you listen to the music, you know this shit means the world to me, bro. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, like I'm like, bruh, please, bruh, if I cry on here for <laughs> something that I like I've always just like like loved and like appreciated about your stuff is like how you use samples. It's like there'll be like either like background singers or like hooks like basically because like like sometimes you'll have like hooks where you're like you're like like single and it's like just like repeat like a like little reframe but but most of the time it's really just like the sample like carrying you and that's something like i really don't see like a lot of dudes like even like even the people who like like have like super heavy sample based production like they don't really go that route anymore i feel like when it comes to sampling or even just making music like all together i always try and like think of it like this might sound corny too I feel like I always try to think of it as like, <laughs> like painting or some shit. <laughs> Even though I don't paint, I like a lot of different artists. I feel like one of the things that I like about a lot of artists is that like your most in-depth piece of art could be your most simplest, you know what I mean? Or like something that looks so simple, you know what I mean? But then if you really like go into the backstory of what everything of that piece means, you'll see, like, how in-depth it is. Like, um, for me, like, what draws me to music or, like, draws me to certain samples is, like, how does this relate to, like, a bigger picture? Like, how does this relate to, like, something bigger? And then, like, 
a lot of the times it's just like like I was talking to somebody about the nothing I can do is wrong sample and I was like bro like literally the reason why I picked it because I heard bro singing I know who the fuck he was I heard him singing I was like yo I know how to explain it like it was just so pretty bro like I'm not gonna lie like it felt so pretty it felt so intentional cause when you're near me Because you hear people talking about love songs, especially in those that age of samples and shit. The love songs are so uh, dominant in the thing, but something about his shit just sounded so like genuine, you know, like genuine. That's like rare. Like this is not about me being like a crazy dude and being in love with you. Like I don't know, it just felt very genuine. It felt very cute, and I, I was like, yo, nah, like this is like good like this is good because it feels like somebody didn't make this to blow up but like somebody made this because it like just meant a lot and you can hear it in the music i think and those are always my favorite artists like when you can you can hear that like they needed to do this because if they didn't it, it wouldn't have been nice you know what i mean like i won't lie like i hear a sample and then i immediately know the intention a lot of the times i just feel gravitated towards it i start working on it i put it out or before I put it out, I'm listening, 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 and start putting the uh, pieces together. Like um, for the last part that got dropped, you wear the monkey. Like the sample to uh, nothing I could do is wrong. It's like uh, it starts off like when you're near me, everything is right. And then I made that shit the beginning of the album. And then at the ending, I didn't realize that this how I was gonna be back the ending. It's the closing credits, and it's my mom singing at the end of the, or not my mom singing, it's my mom talking at the end of the, of the sample. It just made the shit intentional, you know what I mean? Like, because I'll be honest, even before I dropped the project, I was hating on it. Oh, <laughs> I was just, I was hating on it crazy. And then I started, like, putting the pieces together, and I listened to it all over again. I'm like, fuck, here was the message I was looking for the whole time. Like, here's the thing that, like, I needed to figure out from this, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it's the music doing it for me or if, if I'm like putting the pieces together, but when I look for samples, like those are the type of messages that I'm, I'm trying to look for, like the bridges that I'm trying to connect this with. It's, it's like kind of a like complex thought where samples, it's like they're kind of like, you know, just, just like ancestors, like like talking like to you or just like like speaking through you. And it's like, you can't really like respond to them, but it's like, you can like try to interpret what they're saying or it's just like, like try to like fill in the blank somehow. It's, it's like, they're helping you say what you need to say. You know what I mean? Which is, which is fucking crazy. Like there's certain samples that I've gotten. I'm like, bro, God gave this to me, bro. God gave this to me. Like the evil eye sample. I didn't realize that the lady was like, the lady wasn't even saying evil eye in the sample. I looped it. Mind you, I already rapped over the shit. I didn't hear what she was saying the whole time. Until eventually, I'm like, wait. Something about, you know, I need you. Uh, some, some, like, evil eye. And I'm like, bro, what the fuck? 
Mind you, like, one of my best homies had just given me this uh, evil eye bracelet. Like, before before that shit, had just given me this evil eye bracelet. Homegirl is from the Philippines, and there was, like, a big period of while I was working on the project that, like, I, she has this, like, grandmother that she was, like, yeah, like, every now and then we'll, like, go over, go over to her and, like, see if, like, somebody gave us the evil eye. Like, somebody was, like, trying to, like, put a curse, a curse on us or whatever. And then... I asked her to do it for me because I was like feeling a little bit off, and she was like, "Yeah, bro, like some like she's like somebody gave you an evil eye." <laughs> and then and then after that, she was like, "Yeah, but like since we talked to her, like all you got to do is talk to her, and then she'll like get rid of it for you or whatever." And then the homie had gave me this, and then eventually I'm, I'm listening. I'm like listening. I'm like nigga, the lady is saying evil eye. I'm like bro. I can't make this shit up. I literally can't make this shit up, bro. It just happens, bro. And, and I don't know. Maybe it's about being in tune with the music in that way. I don't know. I generally don't know. I feel like music is like as much like in art as it is like something spiritual. That's why I be trying to get the homies to understand that like being able to have some shit from your brain turn into something like physical or turn into something that like. It's fucking crazy. Like I was saying, like after COVID and then going to perform disco in front of people and people are singing the lyrics back to me, I'm like, how? I'm just like, how does these, how do these, these type of things work out? I think if more people knew it was a spiritual thing, they'd be able to get more from it than they do right now. You know, It's something about like the way that you like mix your vocals, like on the albums where it's like, I, I don't know if it's like the way you record it or just like or just like whatever, but it's like there's just like so much like urgency like in your voice. It's like it's like whether it's like the false starts, you know, where it's like just like you just like run through a few lines and then you're like ah, and then you just like scratch do like a scratch take and just like keep running through it because like you do that on like nothing I can do is wrong. I think through the city nothing I can do I can too much of looking up. My sister hit me trying to push me, sound good enough. One fifty for the cushion while I'm putting up. Uh, uh, through the city, I can do too much of looking up. My sister hit me, trying to push me, sound good enough. A 150 for the cushion, while I'm putting up. I keep it hunting, he one foot inside a crick of stuff. Then there's like other songs like Eczema, where it's like after your verse, you just take like it's like super big, like deep breath. I be sharing to the teeth, fake it, staring cause it's deep. Sienna and the breeze forgot to share my happy belated. Bear of the grief, I got angels trying to replace it. Mary of B, my prepared to get my bleed tainted. Compare me to the weak when I be carrying the scene. Wear it on my sleeve, run these errands cause the D day shit. It's like that's something that like I guess it's like you can like put that in there like intentionally, but it's like the way that it comes off on the album, it's like it's like you're like rapping for your life. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean in reality, most of the time, yeah. <laughs> but uh even the nothing I can do is wrong. I recorded that and I kept the same recording. Like the reason why I fucked up literally the whole story of that shit, I like came home one day, super clapped. I think I, I had like already made the beat. I was like drunk as shit. I just opened, I opened up my laptop, listened to the beat. I wrote this shit hella fast. And then I was like, all right, I'm about to record this shit. And then I, I, I record it and I fuck up. Like, literally, when I, like, that, that fuck up was in, like, real time. And then started this shit over and just did it again. Yeah. But, like, that was, like, that experience, you know? Like, and I was like, certain times I was like, maybe I should uh, re-record this or something or, like, do something different to it. 
And I was like, nah, I think this experience is very important for like what it is, you know, like what it's supposed to mean. And I was like, yeah, we just gonna leave it as that. And then and like, I think like all those things, like I feel like intentionally, I know to keep it how it is. I don't necessarily intentionally go and go in, into recording like, yeah, I would make it like this. But once it's like there, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna just keep it like how it is. Especially if the emotion is like, like what it's supposed to be, you know, like just keep it how it is. Like there's a couple tracks on the project that, I mean, most of the time I try my best to just do one take and then keep that recorded and just work around everything else, you know? But like one take thing is kind of, is like super interesting to me because a few years ago, I think thing was like like mid pandemic. Like one of my friends, he like he like put me on to like the the like bootlegs for like Mad Villain, and it's like it's like Doom's like performances on there. It's like it, it's it's like completely different from like how it sounds on the studio album, and it's like that kind of emotion is just like I, I don't know. It's like, it's like sometimes you want like a little bit more emotion out of the performance or something, like rather than just like. Like, you know, it's like you can either have like perfection or you can have like emotion. It's like it's kinda hard to balance the two. Emotion, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's one of my main things. Um I'm low key like I not I'm anti skill, but I'm more so fuck with like like where's your heart? Like where's your heart in this shit? And like like people and you could tell by the shit that people talk about, like or like how people talk about the shit that they love or like the shit that hurt them, like, you can hear it in the music. You don't need nobody to be a lyricist to, like, feel somebody pain. And that's just always the type of shit that I've always felt with. Like, when it comes to writers, like, people that write, like, I'm always just like, bro, like, more so, more than how you're skilled, just, like, how you express how you feel in such a calm, simple way. It's so striking, bro. It's, so, it's literally just so striking. And, like, people could generally feel how you feel when you do those things you know and i think like perfection is cool i feel like that's for school you know like like perfection is like for academics like music is supposed to be about expression you know so like it's about like how how do you know how to express this shit i think it's more so important there's this just like really like touching moment on like swoosh 23 where it's like the intro from your from your sister I was getting ready to bed. I prayed and you just came to mind. I was just like researching about you and all your accomplishments. And then I was just glad to hear YouTube videos and I was watching them and um, I'm just so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Um, you know, I'm so proud of you. Uh, I listen to Sasa. I don't want to speak for you, but it sounds like she's like not not like unaware of like your music, but it sounds like she hasn't like heard it, or it's like, but it's like her first time hearing it. I was like scared to use it at first because I like like that's my big sister. I love her. She knows. I already told her like she's a crybaby, bro. Like like in a good way. Like I think it's very important that like she knows how to uh, express her feelings in that way. And like I was scared to put it on there because 
I was like, yo, she really crying on that job. But then I was like, yo, like, it was kind of like, like, I guess one night she must have just been, um, like, going through the mic well, wormhole or whatever. And then just listening to my shit, bro. And the voicemail, or the voicemail, she's like, I listen to Zaza. And she's like, I listen to um, Spiral. And then, like, like when she sent it to me, I really appreciated it because I feel like in, in life has always been really hard to get people to understand how I feel and, like, why I feel, like, how I feel. And, like, there's always been, like, a struggle to me to get people to really understand, like, what, like, my my point is, you know. And I, and I feel like it's funny because, like, I didn't have to tell her anything, but, like, she did the, like, kind of work on her own. And, like, and I feel like it gave her understanding. And then, like, even hearing her, like, I don't know, it just, it just felt so, like, sincere to me. It really made me feel, like, special as hell, bro. Like, because we're, we're all grieving, like, like, my mother and stuff you know like like and i guess it just felt good to like kind of like somebody stepping into my world of grief you know like like and and i appreciated it and it's like it felt like my family was entering my world you know like one of the things that's i I don't know it's just just like always like spoken to me like about your music you know just like dealing with things like from my own like personal life it's just like like that conversation about like grief it it's like constantly evolving you know it's like your feelings about stuff just like or just like changing with the times was just like like this month it's like here's how I'm feeling about it. Or it's like I'm moving on a little bit, but I still feel it. But now it's like a source of like motivation. It's like a source to like keep moving every day, you know. I remember like when my mom first passed, like it was very confusing. Like there was points where I was like, fuck everybody. I was like, yo, you you know the you know the scene in um Tatum Fool? Where Mitch is like, yo, any nigga that look at me wrong, bro. <laughs> yeah, I was on that vibe for real, for real. But then, but then I was also, I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I need to love, like, like I forgive everybody. Like, I love everybody. Don't worry about it. Like, we good. We got this, bro. Like, we just need to come together. And then, like, at a certain point, I was like, bro, like, why do I keep trying to make, like, a God move or, like, a Jesus move where, like, I know what's the right thing to like do or like react to this to what just happened, you know. And I'm like, bro, like I just need to like learn as it's like going on, as I'm going on, as I'm continuing to live, and like what do these things look like? Like, or what does like like even like, bro, like one of the things that that like that situation taught me is that like in this country, especially how shit is going, how it's been going, like. We don't know how to honor people, you know, like, like, like we, we don't know how to bring people peacefully to that afterlife, you know, like, like, like make that transition, like a very peaceful and loving thing. And like, it just taught me like, oh, like, instead of trying to make a decision on like how I'm supposed to feel or what all of these things are supposed to mean, like, I'm supposed to just keep figuring out, you know, like, I'm supposed to just keep like learning as the day goes by and like trying to like, assess this like 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 for also for other people to hear like and and, and that's why i be saying like oh music saved me like music saved my life because there's so much information there's so many thoughts that i would never have honestly if, if i personally maybe it's because i haven't lived another life but i'd be thinking like if it wasn't for music bro i wouldn't know none of this shit like like, like i don't even think my heart would be as open as it is right now to like think about honor because there's a lot of times that i thought about 
fuck everybody. Just like being able to like open my heart, even talk about this shit so much, as much as I did. I, I don't know. It just helped me think about it, like think things through. I think that's even why like my sister sent the voicemail. I think a reason why I probably meant a lot to her too is because it's, it's good to to hear somebody else to learn how somebody else is grieving and like seeing like oh like what does this mean for somebody? Because a lot of times we're like should be feeling like it's the end. Like if you feel like oh like we blew this up and this is like this is it you know what i mean but like there's never a more better sense of the future than like seeing somebody else still here you know like seeing somebody else still living through this shit like at least for me that was mike talking to the faders brandon Callender. mike's new album beware of the monkey is out now on his own label 10k the fader interview is engineered by tony giambroni the executive producer is Alex Robert Ross, and the associate producer is Raphael Helfand. We'd like to thank Lauten Audio for providing our microphones. You can find them online at lautenaudio.com. And we'd like to thank James Ivey for providing our intro music. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate if you left a five-star rating and review. If you like listening to The Fader, good news. We're now on the new live radio app, AMP. Download it from the App Store now. And keep an eye on thefader.com for essential music news, interviews, and essays. We'll be back soon with another episode of The Fader Interview. Goodbye until then.